coming up on your Portland Morning Brew. Law enforcement is just like any other industries in some ways. Uh, the difference is uh, we, we make plans, we make goals, but uh, our, our profession and the way things are done are, are fluid and constantly changing. It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew. Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events all centered around our community. Now here's your host, Troy Holden. And welcome back to the Portland Morning Brew. We've had a lot of uh, compliments and comments on some of the uh, past shows about Portland being such a safe place. And today we're honored to have our police chief with us. This is Jason Williams. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Troy. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, really privileged to talk to you. Uh, uh, this was somewhat unexpected because I, when I think of the the Chamber and Chamber podcast, and we did talk about local uh, people um, as far as not just business people, but this was kind of a new one because I don't know that I've ever interviewed or gotten the chance to talk to anybody that's, uh, that's on the police force here. And, and as long as I've lived here, I haven't known a lot of people on the force. You guys just kind of quietly do your job and uh, to, to a lot of us, and, and we don't know a lot about what goes on here in town. We just know it's a safe place to be. So thank you for that. We really appreciate your service. Well, I'm honored to be the first one that uh, you get to talk to, and I hope uh, hope I leave a good enough impression that uh, you might want to talk to me again at some point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, first, tell me this: are you a uh, are you a local guy, or did you move here? Uh, I've actually lived here my entire life. Um, I grew up right outside of town, kind of between Portland and White House. Went to Portland High School, graduated in 1997. Uh, the only time I left, I left for two years and went to college before I came back home. And I uh, started at the Hendersonville Police Department, where I began my law enforcement career, worked at the Sumner County Sheriff's Office for a short period, and then I've been with uh, the Portland Police Department since 2004. So I've kind of been around here uh, for a long time. I've been involved in a lot of things over the years as far as uh, church and youth sports and got a couple of kids that uh, went through school here and played sports. And so I know a lot of people just because of that. So just uh, happy to be able to serve my hometown. You know, it's a uh, being able to police your hometown is a, a special thing. It's got its uh, advantages and disadvantages, but I think the advantages <laughs> far outweigh the, the disadvantages. Well, what uh, what initially drew you into public service and law enforcement? Was it something from way back, or did you get interest in that later on? Probably the earliest I can remember was uh, I was probably a teenager uh, when I really started uh, becoming interested in uh, law enforcement things. And it kind of started as everybody watches TV. And so I, I kind of got uh, drawn into some, some TV shows involving law enforcement, not like the drama type TV shows, but like uh, the forensic files. Um, of course, back then everybody was watching cops. And so just to watch those officers do their jobs live and get a chance to, to kind of see what they did really piqued my interest. And so I would say that that's kind of where it all started was when I was a teenager and from that point on, pretty much everything I did uh, with my life was kind of in that, that career trajectory to, to, to get into that someday. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to the other day. They said, how in the world did you ever get into doing what you do? And I said, really, it started when I was about five years old. I would sit and read sports scores into a cassette recorder. 
years and years ago, and I always wanted to be on the radio. And then life came along and totally sidetracked that for 40 years. And I went in the automotive industry forever. And, um, and then now finally here at the closing in at the end of the part of life, I'm doing what I wanted to do, but I think it's great that you can do that. Um, during the, the bulk of your life. I, I commend you for that. So many people don't get to do something they have a passion for. So l- let's talk a little bit about the, the challenges that, that go on in Portland that we may not know about. I know you guys are like uh, any entity. You probably set goals. You have uh, you sit down and talk about things with your, your staff. Well, what are some of the challenges that you guys are facing right now uh, here in Portland? Well, Law enforcement is just like any other industries in some ways. Uh, the difference is uh, we, we make plans, we make goals, but uh, our, our profession and the way things are done are, are fluid and constantly changing. And so uh, everything that we do and how we respond is usually a reflection of whatever's going on in society at the time. So um, law enforcement is, uh, for the most part, a, a reactive business. And so you can make plans and goals, but you have to be able to react to the things that are going on in the community, uh, whether that's mm-hmm. positive or negative. And so that that kind of gives you the the direction that you have to go in. And so we do have we have uh, staff meetings and, you know, every year we put out a document that's plans and goals for the next upcoming year. And sometimes we hit them and sometimes we don't. And a lot of times it's dependent on some things that are outside of our control, such as budgeting and uh, whether or not there's there's funds to do certain things and so sometimes we have to prioritize those goals but everything that, that we do for the most part is dictated by uh, whatever the environment is that, that we're living in makes sense it really does um, now with covid and everything that had happened which it has affected every industry and and we look at everything as an industry because everything is people oriented you're um are are you having the same type of issues finding good people keeping good people that that we hear about like even the city uh with hiring people and even industry do you guys run into that as well so yeah we we have the same struggles everybody else does um law enforcement in general has become a profession that it's harder to attract good quality people uh, to do that job just because uh, it's really become become a thing where it is a calling and it's something that you have to really want to do in order to do it. And so we, we, we see that here. We're lucky here in town. We, we've been able to draw high quality applicants. And, you know, sometimes it's as we're just as lucky as that we have one opening and we have one qualified good applicant. But, you know, that's good enough. We'll take that. But, you know, other times we'll have an opening, we'll have several applicants. So. We've been mm-hmm. lucky in the sense that uh, resource-wise, we've been able to, to pull in the people that we need. And, and we're not just hiring anybody. You know, we're, we're able to hire people who, because when I interview folks, I tell them I'm not just trying to, to hire a person. I'm trying to hire the right person. And, and that's a two-way street. It's got to be somebody who wants to be here, and it's got to be somebody who fits here, and it's got to mm-hmm. be somebody who buys into to our philosophies as they pertain to, to law enforcement. So. We see those struggles, uh, but it's just like anything else. We just we try to work through it, and we've done okay so far. So, COVID. Deal. Speaking of COVID, um, I took over in this job in January of 2020, and so <laughs> probably two or three months after I took over this job, um, and I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. Didn't know it at the time because you know you learn every day, but trying to learn how to be a new police chief and at the same time as trying to learn how to navigate COVID was a real challenge for, for, for my staff and myself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody, I had people ask me, you know, well, how do you, how do you lead a police department through a pandemic? And I said, well, I don't know. It's just, we're just doing it. And we're probably not going <laughs> to, we're probably not going to know that we got it right or wrong until down the road after we see how it pans out. But, uh, right. Uh, very resilient right. staff up here. And I was lucky enough that I have people who are willing to come to work every day. You know, this, this job is just dangerous. It's innately dangerous. And mm-hmm. that's just another danger that these these guys and girls that work up here didn't blink an eye at. It was just like they understand there's a job that's got to be done. And mm-hmm. so they came in and they did it. And we took the precautions that we could and and tried to uh, navigate it as best we could. But the, at the end of the day, there's a job to, job to be done and we have to do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was, you know, the feeling over the entire country, every industry, government, everything. You know, we didn't we didn't know how to react to any of this. We all did the best we could. And. And it looks like you guys came out of that pretty well. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier family and growing up here, and and you've had. Uh, did you say a couple of couple of kids that had gone through school and stuff here as well? Yes. Well, my wife and I have been married for uh, twenty one years here, in just a few a few weeks, and she's from here as well. We both grew up here. Uh, two children, uh, two daughters. I've got one that's twenty two and one that's nineteen. Both of them Portland High School graduates, and so. Uh, our family's pretty entrenched here. Good deal. Good deal. Now, what do you do to relax? I mean, you've got to do something. Hunt, fish, what do you do? So I've got uh, I've got a few hobbies. Uh, I'm actually a musician. I play the drums. So that's one of the things I do. For the most part, uh, I just play at church now uh, with the exception mm-hmm. of a, a, you know, a gig here and there. But uh, try to keep my skills sharp playing at church. Uh, my absolute favorite hobby is uh, fishing. Love to fish. I've got a boat. Try to do that every chance I get. Um, but, you know, outside of that stuff, I just enjoy spending time with my family. I've got a, a grandson that's fixing to be a year old. And so that's the, the new joy in life. And so I really mm-hmm. have, a, have a good time spending spending time with my kids and my grandkid and my wife. And so that in itself is a, a way to decompress just alone outside all mm-hmm. the other stuff. Right, right. Um, what do you see that, and, and you had mentioned you were, you had worked at, at Sumner County, you'd been in Hendersonville. What do you see is different about living in Portland? What, what is it that attracts people here? Do you think? I think it's just because it's still the small town atmosphere. Uh, it's still a small town. Obviously it's growing. Uh, but I think pretty much anybody who comes here, that's the main thing that they that they talk about is that that small town feel that even though there's almost 14,000 people that live here, it doesn't feel like that. And so mm-hmm. we kind of do business that way, too. We, we treat everybody like they're our neighbors and um, just, you know, try to try to be good to everybody. And I think that that's pretty much a a, a mantra that's carried all over mm-hmm. town. And so I think that's probably one of the great things about Portland is that uh, and people are approachable, you know, even your city leaders. Uh, elected officials, they're approachable and they're people you can right. talk to. Uh, and I think that still means something to people. Uh, you know, not to say anything negative about Hendersonville, but Hendersonville's just gotten so big that it just seems like nobody knows anybody anymore. And mm-hmm. I think that's a drawback. Right, for sure. Yeah, it, it seems the closer you get into Nashville, everything's just an extension of Nashville. You know, it's it's just, you know, like you said, it's huge. Um, and, and we're sp- kind of hitting on the growth thing. I know uh, last week, week before, they had done some meetings where they are looking at starting to acquire the land for the second part of the 109 expansion. Um, 
help or, or hurt or how will that affect you guys when all that finally does happen? Is it going to be more to cover because there's a second road or will it help getting some of this traffic out of the middle of downtown? How do you, how do you feel about it? Well, it's both, uh, but that's a project that I'm extremely excited about simply because anybody that's driven through the middle of Portland knows uh, that the truck traffic we have, just the sheer traffic volume in general, since they've connected I-40 and I-65 using the 109 quarter, is it's an issue. And so mm-hmm. uh, while it will be another road and it's you know something else to, to police out there, the advantage of that far dis- far outweighs the disadvantage as far as uh, getting that, that some of that traffic onto a different road and, and not right through mm-hmm. the middle of town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's uh, it almost can't happen fast enough. I know when the other end was done, uh, I had not been on the old 109 probably in 10 years and just decided to venture off down that way not long ago. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, how narrow and crooked and dangerous that road really was all those years. But uh, is what it is. Um are there any other big plans for the future uh, for for you guys coming up uh, for the police department in general um, that you might could share with us? So we're getting ready to to launch our our flex team, which is something that we've been trying to do for several years now. It's basically a just a crime suppression unit. Uh, some guys that go out here and, and their job is just to detect criminal activity, you know, not respond to calls. Um, not really have to to do the traditional patrol duties, just proactive police work. And so we recently divided our police department up into four divisions, um, which is community affairs, uh, criminal investigation division, administrative and uh, patrol. And so in the future, we obviously like to, I'd like to add some specialized units, you know, whether it's a traffic unit, expand the flex unit, uh, things like that, just so that we can, we can find some concerns and some things that are going on in town that we need to address and to have some people that can specifically do that rather than just having uh, just a patrol division that kind of is a jack of all trades. Makes sense. It does make sense. And as the city grows and things grow, you've got to specialize. That does make a lot of sense. Now, the the burning question everybody has told me we need to ask, and, and uh, this is a, a very lighthearted question, Jason, actually, is it okay to go five miles per hour over the speed limit or not? <clears throat> Technically, uh, no. I can't tell you to break the law. <laughs> but if you did five miles an hour over the speed limit, you probably wouldn't have too big of a problem. Yeah, that that's always the question everybody wants to ask. And uh, I said, heck, this is this cheap. We can ask him, but he can't answer it. I know he's not going to tell us we can break the law. Well, the truth, hey, you, the, the truth of it is it, it really depends on the officer that's involved because, you know, there's not many that are going to stop you for five over. But, you know, other officers and different officers have uh, different thresholds as far as when they when they kind of get mm-hmm. serious about that. So uh, really dependent sliding scale question, so almost impossible to answer. <laughs> Yeah, that's like when the teachers used to give us, uh, everybody did so bad on the test, they'd give us five or ten extra points just so everybody didn't fail the test. That was yeah, always great on the curve. 
Yeah, on the curve. That's right. Well, you guys do a fantastic job. We've had, uh, like I said, many compliments on people uh, that live here talking about how it's, it's safe. They feel safe. And yes, there's challenges. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be things you guys are, are fighting to keep out and, and doing all you can to keep Portland safe. And it's very much appreciated. And I, I, I hope people tell you that. I hope you hear it more often than not. Uh, it's a big deal. And and I really appreciate your time this morning. I'm sure we'll be visiting again as uh, uh, different subjects and different things come up and things are going on here in town. But uh, hey, just uh, on a closing note, just let everybody know that if something comes up or they need help from you guys, yes, everybody always says call 911. But no, don't do that. A lot of times they need to just call. Uh, how can they reach out to you guys? So if it's an emergency, obviously you call 911 in an emergency, but uh, our non-emergency line goes to the Sumner County Cent the Sumner County Emergency Communications Center, which is a central dis dispatch center for the entire county. That phone number is 615-451-3838. And a recording will pick up and ask, uh, basically give you some options. And if you push the one saying that you need an officer, you need to file a report, it'll go over to the dispatcher and then they can get that call out and we can get an answer in a timely manner. Good deal. Good deal. Now, you guys also do a lot of um, things outside of policing, I'm sure. Um, uh, as we come to a close, it was something that I wanted to ask. There's presence um, in diff at different events and things. Is that sometimes off-duty, uh, extra work for, for your, your team, or a lot of that just falls in with the day-to-day -day stuff? It really depends on the event. Uh, and ever since we re, we've uh, restructured our police department to the four divisions, that community affairs division is a brand new division. And so we, we're trying to use that to really concentrate on getting out into the public uh, because I told my guys up here, you know, we, we take every opportunity when somebody else has an event to, to get involved, but we want to take the next step and start creating some of our own opportunities. And so, it really depends on the scale of the event. Sometimes it's just uh, officers that are already on duty. Uh, sometimes we we swap some schedules around and allow for some people to come in during times that that they don't normally work. An example would be the farmers market up there. Uh, we brought you know off some officers in from night shift that don't normally get to have as much interaction with the public, just to give them a chance to to see people and for people to see them. So that's mm -hmm. it really depends on the event and the size of it. But it's kind of a mixed bag. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Jason, I've really enjoyed hearing about this and get to know you a little better. Uh, I, I'm really appreciative of, of uh, the approach that you're taking and the changes that you've made. And it looks like a lot of good things are happening up there. And uh, we hope to see you get to continue on in, in this role and, and grow things. And, and as Portland grows, make these changes and improvements and expand. I really enjoyed hearing about those plans. Well, Thanks so I much. Appreciate the, uh, appreciate the opportunity and uh, I plan to be here until they decide that uh, they don't like me anymore. So that's <laughs> going to be a long time down the road. That's right. That's right. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.